Juan and Brian podcast. Get ready to fill your ears with the latest news, politics, current events, and whatever else we feel like talking about this week. And now, your hosts, Ron and Brian. And good evening, everybody. It is Sunday night. It is Bad Bitch O'Clock, and it is time for episode 240 of the Ron and Brian podcast. Oh, look. Look who managed to uh, find his way back to the broadcast this week. Your friend and mine, Brian. Brian, uh, welcome back. Welcome back to the show. Guess who's back? Back again. Brian's back. Mm-mm-mm. You're my friend. Normally you save Guess those uh, those dulcet tones for the after back. dark. But yeah, you are, well, you know you're what? gracing people with your singing right now. Yeah, that's right. I, I usually kick off After Dark with a nice little uh, sexy... Uh, uh, no, this is um, the podcast. This is episode 240. Ron, I feel like there should be confetti being thrown over our heads as we speak. But I understand that that's not going to happen. I understand that people you know, only want to celebrate... Uh, you know, uh, I, I, at this number, they want to celebrate 250. The big milestone. Yeah, they want to celebrate. You know, uh, uh, the you know the 250, five years, yeah. that kind of stuff. I get it. Yeah, Listen, I get it. I get it. But, but 240, I remember specifically when we did episode three. I believe we were having some audio problems, and I remember specifically you said to me, "You know, you know, Brian, I I think by the time we hit episode 240, we're going to be in a good groove. Stop beating yourself up." And I am very glad. Um, that we did it. And I, I, I believe this is where you and I had, you know, wanted to end up. Yeah, I think so. This was, you know, when we wrote out the business plan for the podcast, um, episode 240, again, very random number, but one that we have clearly been looking forward to um, for the last four plus years. Uh, yes, you know, Brian, with the working Wi-Fi this week, always yes. very important uh, learning yes. lesson. And uh, oh, the shiny thing over my shoulder, over this shoulder, of course, the 51% ownership title belt takes a, a a modest spot in the background. I feel like some people were saying I was showing it off too much and it was hurting Brian's feelings. And Brian, you have people out there that care about you. And I'm one of them. So I, I don't want to be hurting your feelings. Well, I just think that, you know, um, you know, you really should put that belt as close to you as possible um, because uh, you only have a couple more weeks where you will uh, have that belt in your possession. Um, the people are clamoring for the, uh, you know, it's, it's one of the high points of the year is the Super Bowl. You know, most America, you know, um, most America is sitting there watching the Super Bowl halftime show this year sponsored by Apple Music featuring a return to the stage by Rihanna. However, um, the the true intelligentsia intel. I don't even know what word you're trying to say. I the the like Illuminati. I, no, I was going to say you know the the, the truly elite, uh, the mentally elite people. Um, they know that the real the real thi- the real sideshow of the Super Bowl is not taking place on the field. It is the bet between you and I as to who will be the fifty one percent owner of the podcast after the Super Bowl this year, the, um, uh, the, 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 the wager will be even sweeter as the belt is on the line. I feel like we should hire a referee 
to walk around um, your house during the Super Bowl, lifting the belt up in the air to the crowd to show that the belt is on the line, that this is not a non-title fight. Right. um, But you are putting the belt up on the line, the Super Bowl. Uh, One of the things you and I have been struggling with, and I I think it's, it's, you know, it's time for you and I to start reaching out to um, uninterested third parties which is to determine how are we going to decide who makes the pick in the Super Bowl? What line are we using? Where are we getting the line? Um, I have come forth with several options that you have rejected um, for a variety of reasons. Um, one of them I felt uh, was, was the perfect idea, but uh, you showed a little cowardice. Listen, I I threw one out there to you, uh, a challenge I saw on TikTok, uh, which and you were like, no, it seems it seems too much. Now, Ali was saying my audio was way louder than yours, which I asked you beforehand if I was too loud and you told me I was fine. But, I'm, I'm uh, going to say this to you. You sound exactly the same. I have turned my uh, I've turned my gain down a bit. So hopefully um, let me know if I'm still much louder than Brian. And I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to I only want to be I want to be at 51 percent. I want to be 2% louder than Brian. I don't want to be any more than that. Just reasonable. And also for those, I I am also using a new microphone this week, testing out some new technology um, that has been sent out to us to test out. Um, So far, I'm liking it. Okay. Um, So, uh, Ron, it is, um, it's a, a, oh, oh, hold on a second. Loyal listener, uh, Guy Bannister put up, what cool shirt of the week is Brian rocking? Hold on, let's take a look. What cool shirt am <laughs> So two weeks ago, it was a wonderful um, uh, uh, rainbow-colored Ron shirt. This week, we've got just, you know, a, a lovely... Um, how, how would you describe this? Uh, hand-painted? I, I mean, it looks, yeah, it looks... Uh graffiti-ish almost i mean it's it, it's almost. high quality it's high quality it is a, a high quality shirt this is the year of the ron shirt i'm going to see how many shirts of ron i can get my hands on this is shirt number two so we'll see where we go with that all right should we uh should we get uh things here that maybe it's the gain on your microphone people are saying that you're still more quiet well we'll we'll, we'll see we'll see all right um, well, let's get moving here. We've got stuff that we got to get to, and it all starts all right. with Drink of the Week. 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 All drink right, week. Brian, what uh, what did you uh, what did you bring back here uh, to drink for this evening? I, I brought nothing back. As you know, U.S. Customs, the law in terms of alcohol importation, um, it would be um, illegal of me to bring in um, foreign beers. But uh, coincidentally, um, I am drinking Estrella Dam, which is um, the uh, uh, almost official lager of Spain, uh, uh, which is made in Barcelona um, with Mediterranean ingredients since 1876. Estrella Dam. Look at this. Look at this right here. Look at that beautiful photo. Wow. That is, that's a nice, that's a nice look to it, my friend. It's, it's the champagne or it's the cava of, um, of, uh, of 
Spanish beers. Um, Estrella Dam has been brewed following the original recipe using barley, malt, rice, hops. Um, the quality of their ingredients, first priority, which is why they work directly with only Mediterranean farmers. Unlike many brewers in Spain, Estrella have their own malt house, which allows them to monitor the entire process firsthand. Estrella Dam is a golden color with tons of amber and slight shades of green. Not something you normally want to look for in your beer. Um, it is bright and sparkling with a cream-colored, long-lasting head. It is a beer that with lots of delicate, lively bubbles coming in at 5.4 ABV. This is Estrella Dam. All right. Well, I'm, I have a feeling you've probably sampled a few, but let me know how it is. Tell the audience how you like your beer. I think this is a delicious beer. It's got a lot of flavor to it. Um, it's not like an IPA, which has that bitter, um, hoppy uh, aftertaste. Um, just a damn good beer. All right. And I may I may have brought back four. All right. Very nice. Ron. Yes. What are you drinking? Um, so uh, we had a, had a nice face-to-face -face meeting uh, last week with the good folks from Tavor. Uh, as we know, we've been uh, we've been doing some more partnerships with them. Um, they were a little surprised that you weren't there. They said that they had sent you a, a calendar invite for this meeting um, and that you had accepted. And I was like, how is that even possible? Because Brian's not even in the country. And they were like, I, I smoothed things over. I think, you know, I tried to convince them it was an error on their side. But regardless, they were like, you know, we, we want to get send you some more beers and so we're going to do another Tavor sampling this week um this is a partnership ale this is from uh urban south brewery out of houston texas and brewmate um this is watermelon sour patch this is a fruited sour with watermelon watermelon sour gummies and vanilla ice cream so um, I'm a little frightened by this one. I'm not going to lie. Uh, it's a nice size can, though. It is clocking in at 6.0 ABV. Um, it's cloudy. It looks a little chunky, um, but we'll see. What do you mean by chunky? Because chunky is not something that I want to I want my beer to be described as. So this, uh, it's, it's, it's sour. I'll give it that. Mm -hmm. Um, not really tasting watermelon, not really tasting, uh, vanilla ice cream. Okay. Um, not, not a fan. All right. So again, I will have really? to drink it. I have to drink it. Cause that's what we do around here. Um, but yeah. Ooh. Ooh, it's got a bit of an aftertaste, too. It is... Oh, uh, that's not good. That's one of the more unpleasant beers I've had. Okay. More sour than flavor. Exactly, Billy. More sour than flavor. Because there's really not a lot of flavor. There's an aftertaste. I'm not quite... I can't put my finger on what it is. Um, oh. But we'll, we'll figure it out. In the meantime... Oh, that's not good. Let's keep things rolling around here. It's time for our Beef of the Week. Ron and Brian. Brian, what's bothering you this week? Ooh, this is going to get awkward. Okay. This is going to get real awkward. Um, my beef of the week this week is with some of our fans. Really? Why is that? We have the best fans. 
I know. I thought we. I, you know what? I thought we had the best. Okay. Well, then beef away, my friend. But um, you know, one of the things uh, we, we, you know, one of the mistakes that I make, and 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 you know, we, I I am I am on social media, and I'm always looking at the at, at, at feedback. I'm always looking at comments people are making about the show. Um, you know, when people said, you know, uh, enough with the. Uh, you know, the the racist of the week enough with the, you know, uh, uh, 10 minutes of Ron reading about terrible acts by Americans. Um, you know, we listen to it. So we I'm, do. Always out, I'm always looking at what people are saying about the show. And I know conventional wisdom is don't listen to what people are talking about. Don't sit there and, and allow yourself to, you know, to, to, to take that into your world. Make your own path. Okay, so you know, um, I was away last week. Um, Ron, you um, you did the show by yourself. By I the did. way, con- congratulations! It was the first solo episode that you have done, um, and uh, you know, I thought you did a heck of a job. But well, there thank were a you. lot of there were a lot of comments on the internet that did not necessarily agree. really. Yeah, there were there were a lot of comments specifically um, saying that we broke one of our cardinal vows. Um, that we have had since day one, which was that every um, that that each week we would provide one hour of free content for the. Why are you laughing? Sorry, one sorry. Hour of free content. We will always be providing one hour of free content for people. It's uh, you know the show's not about making money. You know, for for those that want to help us offset some of the costs that we incur, you know, we do we do have after dark. Ron, you'll be plugging it later. Sure. But we have prided ourselves on always doing one hour, at least one hour. Some day, you know, some weeks, hour five, hour ten, hour fifteen minutes. You know, we just we we keep going. Um, I mean, obviously, everybody remembers the legendary solo episode I did where I did an hour and 45 by myself, um, which almost broke the record for my longest masturbatory session when I did one hour and 53 minutes by myself. Um, Both episodes created the same amount of smoke in the room. Um, However, um, the comments I saw last week, people were really beating you up, Ron, on only doing a 59 minute episode. Um, people were, you know, commenting that, you know, uh, they, they, that you, you didn't have the chops to do a full hour that you, you know, you, you, you were floundering um, for, you know, the last couple minutes of it. Um, and, and ultimately, it was it was the comments that, that, that I was seeing that people were saying that we were liars. And that you know what I thought you did a heck of a job. Ron. Well, thank, I you. Thought you, thank did, you. I thought you did an amazing job of holding, um, you know, the, the the banner of the Ron and Brian podcast, you know, in the spotlight with your head up high. You can hold your head up high, uh, as far as I'm concerned. And I just want you to know that you know the people who are complaining that you only did 59 minutes last week. I believe it was 59 minutes and four seconds, which to me. You know, it was, um, you know, it's it's not about quantity. Right. It's about quality. And I think I think you delivered a plus plus material um, for all 59. Sure. OK, I'll, I'll you know, you didn't hit the hour mark. All right. Maybe, um, you know, we, we can acknowledge that. But I think you did a heck of a job. Well, thank it really. You. It really bothered me to see, you know, um, you know, the the heat you were taking online. 
Um, I know that you, you know, you, off, you know, offline, you and I were talking, you know, separately and you were telling me that you were going to, you know, shut down all your social media accounts because you were just receiving so much hate. And I'm glad that you did it. Well, you know, this is you got to ignore that kind of stuff. And, you know, I, I have to take responsibility, you know, when I put together the show um, and again, you know, I understand for some people out there, uh Preparation for a podcast may be kind of an alien concept, but I put together a tight 60 minutes of material for the podcast, and it tight just 59. it was it, a tight 59. But it ran again. It you know I, I timed a segment incorrectly, and it came in a little under that 60 minutes. So my apologies to anyone out there uh, that feel that they did not get their money's worth last. No, week. Ron, you owe no apologies. You did an amazing 59 minutes. And for those that are complaining that they didn't get an hour of it, you know what, people? Um, you're, you're, you're looking at it from the completely the wrong perspective. All right. Well, thank you for your defense. Ron? Yes. What's bothering you? Um, so I guess, you know, this is something that I guess is kind of an ongoing concern of mine. And every now and then it just kind of hits harder in a certain week. Um, I don't know if you have things like this that you just you carry around. And it's an ongoing beef you have with the world. And just some weeks you just you can't take it. Um, so you you and I, I think we are termed as great Americans. Um, we are very patriotic. Um, we love this country. In fact, some people say perhaps, you know, uh, our views are skewed on this podcast because we love the U.S. so much. Like every now and then I'll text you, you know, just out of the blue, America first. Um, the other week you texted me, you know, Ashley Babbitt is an American hero. So it's, it's, you know, true patriot. And my love for this country leads me to think that in times of need, like we are in, in this country right now, you know, Mm -hmm. Americans need to support fellow Americans. And so I see, and again, you see posts on social media, you see Americans that are electing to take their disposable income. And rather than travel to an area within the United States to go to a town or to a community that could benefit from their tourism dollars, they will take that disposable income. They'll go international. They'll fly overseas um, and they'll spend those hard-earned dollars in another country that has no ties back to uh, America. And so as all of you out there plan your vacations this upcoming year, I would just kind of keep that in mind. How can I help the United States by traveling within? um, And I'm saying, don't even go to Alaska or Hawaii. Keep it within the 48 contiguous states. Um, But especially people who perhaps travel internationally, spend their dollars as euros, which I don't even know what the hell that is, or, you know, rubles or whatever. It just, I don't know why, just this week, it just kind of... It struck a chord with me, and I, and I just mm-hmm. had to speak out about it. So that's all I got this week. That makes sense. Um, hey, Ron, I have a question for you. Yeah. Um, are you going on vacation in a couple weeks? Um, I'm, we, we have something in the works, yes. Where are you going? Where are you going, Ron? I don't know, I don't know that we have a location picked out yet. Really? Yeah. Because uh, uh... Your, wife, your wife mentioned that she was dusting off your sombrero. <laughs> now, you know what we do, Brian? is uh, when we're ready to go on vacation, we will sit and we will watch a marathon of diners, drive-ins, and dives, and we will uh, figure out locations to go based solely off of Guy Fieri. Uh, you th- that's not a joke. I guarantee you that there are couples 
that um, uh, have uh, uh, literally uh, made that their vacation. Um, I don't want to say destinations, but that is their that is their vacation plans is to coordinate how many of the uh, Guy Fieri locations they can hit. Have you ever gone to a uh, Guy Fieri uh, Diners, Drive-Ins and Dives location? No, but I have been to a Guy Fieri restaurant in Times Square. I did that once. And how was that? Because that I received that received one of the most brutal, I think, New York Times reviews yes. of all time. What was your take on it? Um, I found it to be on par with what I was expecting from a Guy Fieri restaurant um, for tourists in New York City's Times Square. Okay, I did not think that it was um, as atrocious as the New York Times review, which I remember I read the review first um, before going. Um, but I believe I was in Times Square with some friends. I believe we were, you know, had some time to kill for a concert. We were across the street, saw the Guy Fieri and said, hey, for shits and giggles, let's go. We went to uh, Guy Fieri's Steakhouse in Atlantic City at one of the mm -hmm. hotels there. I forget which, which hotel it is. And it was, I mean, it was, a, it was a decent meal. It was a good steakhouse meal. And I was, mm -hmm. I was, I was somewhat surprised knowing that some of the, uh, the hate that he has gotten for some of his restaurants. Well, I think in those cases, and, you know, I could be wrong here, but something tells me when it's like a, a Guy Fieri or a Gordon Ramsay restaurant, that, that primarily they're just licensing their name. Right. That it is, you know, a, a, a steakhouse experience that somehow they, um, uh, you know, the establishment has decided they're going to put his name on everything because they think that's going to drive more... Um, uh, uh, traffic into uh, their restaurants. Um, but I can't believe that Gordon Ramsay is literally going from restaurant to restaurant, you know, managing um, the kitchens and uh, menus of every place that has his name on it. Yeah, I, I, I would find that hard to believe, but you never know. I mean, what, what else are they doing? What else besides filming 28 shows for the Food Network? What else are they doing? I don't know. I, I always enjoyed um, Gordon Ramsay. What was it? Kitchen Kitchen Nightmares. Nightmares. I loved Kitchen Nightmares. I thought that was a fun show. But you know what? Just like that and uh, Bar Rescue, it, it hits a point where you start to realize what the formula of those shows are. And then it just becomes, OK, this is a scene where he goes into the kitchen and he starts pointing out what's wrong. And there's going to be that one chef who... You know, takes pride in putting together a shit dish. So right. they're going to fight back. And then Gordon Ramsay's going to beat them, you know, verbally down until finally they admit that, you know, this is not really the kind of kitchen that they want to run. And, you know, he makes that breakthrough. There's always that, you know, um, uh, female uh, uh, waitress or bartender um, who's drinking on the job that always gets thrown off, um, even though, like, you know, the owner is, is, is friends with her. Um and and then it just kind of knocks. Um, it, it, then you realize, oh wait a second, I've seen all this before, just maybe a different location. Right. Um, but then it's just kind of not very interesting. So Janelle said, "Someone sounds like they're breathing like a mini Earth Vader," um, which is a great reference. Um, not many people, um, if you've seen the Star Wars movies, you don't know the fringe character Earth Vader, um, Darth Vader's uh, long lost cousin, um, who instead of the black helmet, uh, literally wears a globe on his head. If you read the books, you know about Earth Vader. I can't tell if you're, you're making this up or not. <laughs> I genuinely can't tell because I know that you are a Star Wars fanatic. 
So I can't tell if you've actually read the books or not. I may just be busting balls. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's um, let's dig into some news, which, Brian. Before we get to news, yeah, um, Ron, what yes. are you watching? Um, oh, what what aren't I watching, Brian? It's been it's been a lot. You so I watched. Watch. Nobody asked you last week what you're watching, and um, maybe you know if you were interested in hitting that one hour mark. You could have done what am I watching last week because you didn't do it last week. No, so I watched uh, I watched Madoff the uh, the four episode docu series on Netflix uh, mm -hmm. uh, talking about you know the the Madoff scandal and the Ponzi scheme. I would mm -hmm. say it was good. I think the first episode's a little drawn out because you really get not only the backstory of Bernie Madoff but the sure. the the U.S. financial system in general. Um, but if you get through the first episode, the next three are, are very interesting. Um, so that I would recommend. I watched Kaleidoscope, um, another series on Netflix, which their gimmick is there's seven episodes, um, each named after a color. And apparently uh, the, the episode order shows up differently for different people when you log in. The only one that's consistent is the white episode is always the last episode. That feels oddly racist. <laughs> um, white, and you have to make the white the last one. And uh, and on HBO Max, watched uh, the movie The Menu um, with Ralph Fiennes and uh, the woman from uh, Queen's Gambit, who I, I can't remember. John Leguizamo, uh, Judith Light. Where the hell's Judith Light been since who's the boss? She's in this oh, movie. How's she look? Uh, good. Um, but yeah. Uh, great movie. Uh, it's a it's a horrorish movie. I mean, not a ton of gore, but an interesting story and a very fun watch. Okay, very good. Um, Anya Taylor Joy. There you go. Anya, 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 Anya. Um, Earth Vader. Judith Light has been on Law and Order. Is that like a French show, Law and Order? I think that's the 27th uh, spinoff of the Law and Order um, uh, universe, I guess. The Law and Order Cinematic Universe. Uh, shoot. I, I, have you, uh, did you watch the uh, Glass Onion? On I did, yes. What, were you, what was your thoughts on that? I watched it, was expecting not to like it, and found myself actually um, more upset that I, wa that I actually watched it. That it was uh, I, I could not I could not have expressed in uh, uh, better words how how unhappy I was having watched it. Really? Why were you unhappy? Let me ask that first before I tell you what I think of it. OK, because I felt like it was incredibly light fair considering the um, the cast that they had in it. It felt like it was a very lazy script. I felt like it had not really. Um, it probably should have gone through a couple more rewrites um, uh, uh, to tighten it up, um, to add a little bit more intrigue. Um, it just did not seem very, it, it felt like at the end of it, I was like, why did they make this movie? It, like they couldn't have come up with a better script for this uh, story, however you want to uh, write it. Uh, Ed Norton, I cannot understand um, that at his, his place in his career, um, that he needs the paycheck to do drivel like this. Did you watch Knives Out, the first movie? 
I saw like half of it and then just lost interest and walked away. <laughs> and again, I you know these aren't like to your point. It's very light fare. Like it's an, if you yeah. go into it, it just expecting it to be like just uh, a bunch of actors sitting around, not really getting into an intense story. Uh, I found it enjoyable just because I went into it with very low expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, well, the guy that's Superman, Daniel Craig, what accent is he doing? Um, well, I don't think he's Superman. I think he was James Bond. James Bond. Okay. Daniel Craig. Um, I yeah, I think that's. I think you you know these are mystery movies, and I think the biggest mystery of them all is what the hell is Daniel Craig's accent in these movies? So the other people have asked that question. Yeah, and yeah. Not given given a satisfactory answer. Correct. Terrible. Um, I finished season one of White Lotus. What did you think? I liked it. Yes. I liked it. Um, I found it enjoyable, and I plan on watching season two. Season two was good as well. Season two starts off a little slow, uh, but definitely uh, gets better. I felt season one also started off somewhat slow. And William Esquire just lost some points in my book. I I, I would love to hear what was enjoyable about it. Um, It made me angry. (laughs) <laughs> uh, and then today on the plane, I watched. I went back and watched um, Star Wars uh, Rogue One after having watched Andor. Was it that was the TV show? Yeah. Recently? Yep. Andor, which told the story of Cassian. I uh, could be. I don't remember. Um, but it was the story that, that show was about him getting pulled into the Resistance, and here's the episode where, um, or the movie. Uh, about how the resistance gets the um, uh, the schematics for the uh, Death Star. There was a cameo um, uh, in that movie by uh, Mini Earth Vader, um, which was you know it was the when they were talking about the Death Star, um, uh, Mini Earth Vader comes in um, with a little shotgun um, and he starts to you know do the the the, the death grip with his with his hand. Um, unfortunately, all he did was cause climate change. Mm. Um, so, you know, uh, we'll remember that. See, I remember Mini Earth Vader from episode five of Andor, where he's in the background um, when they're in the Waffle House in space. I just, you know, again, it's it's fan service. It's nothing but fan service. But again, I that I enjoyed. I mean, Billy enjoyed Knives Out. I enjoy Mini Earth Vader. So sue me. No, no one's going to sue you, Ron. They'll just complain that you didn't do a full hour. That's true. That's what That's they'll true. do. You know why? Because they're petty. They're petty, people, Ron. <laughs> they're and petty you like sh- that. You should not be dragged down by them. All right. Well, let's uh, speaking about being dragged down, uh, a bunch of police in Tennessee have been dragged down uh, with allegations of sexual misconduct. Um, after a married female officer allegedly had affairs with six male officers, including illicit on-duty liaisons. Um, I think we might have a photo here of the female officer because she seems to be the only one really getting dragged across the internet for this. Uh, this is Officer Megan Hall. Um, she, uh, she apparently uh, engaged in uh, exchanging dirty pictures, um, taking her top off at a Girls Gone Wild hot tub party, and even having oral sex uh, with two officers at their police station in La Vernia, Tennessee. Um, let's see. 
Uh, Hall, she also allegedly bragged about the size of one partner's genitals and claimed to be in an open marriage, uh, which another article shows that her husband was not aware that they were in an open marriage, uh, right. but it led to her being fired and also the firings of Sergeant Lewis Powell, Officer Juan Lugo, Sergeant Ty McGowan, and Detective Seneca Shields, um, two other officers, Patrick Magliocco and Larry Holiday kept their jobs but wound up suspended. Um, the extracurricular activities took place at hotels and parties, at other offices, and on a boat um, while Hall was accused of performing oral sex on Powell and Shields while on duty at the police station and police gym. Uh, and also, this is this is the part that really is is I think surprising and also heartwarming is that her husband, who is the son of a local um, reverend, um, he's sticking with her. The you know most people would have assumed that he immediately would have left after finding out that his wife had had um, sexual relations with five of her coworkers. Um, uh, he has not left her and uh, has announced that they are going to uh, try to work this out. Yes. Um, what, I, what, is all, what is enjoyable about this article is they talk to some of the, uh, the people involved. They talk to Sergeant Lewis Powell. He's one of the ones that, uh, that got fired. And uh, when he was initially questioned, he denied that he had a sexual encounter with, uh, with Hall, but said, quote, everybody knows she had uh, multiple partners. Um, after he got caught lying, uh, he admitted to the affair during a follow-up interview. He was then involved in a domestic disturbance with his wife, who he told investigators, quote, beat the shit out of me, adding that he would, quote, most likely lose his children um, after his wife learned of the affair. Wow. Uh, hard, to, uh, hard to feel uh, bad for anybody involved in this story. I feel bad for her husband. Well, all right, yes, that I would. I would, but you I was more what? referring on, to on. the police officers. Yeah, hold on. Let me um, let me clarify that. I feel bad for all the spouses um, of the people that are involved in this. This one, you know, that like uh, uh, Sergeant Powell, his wife, who beat the shit out of him. Yeah, I feel bad for her. Well, yes, she's acting out on it. Good for her. Um, you know, female power. Um, but I feel bad for for the spouses of these police officers who, uh, you know, sent their loved one off to uh, to work each day wondering whether this was going to be the last time they saw them alive. And instead, it was a BJ party in the cop car. Um, first off, and I'm just I need to point this out um, before somebody else does, because she has one of the largest foreheads um, <laughs> of anybody I've seen in a long time. Her forehead literally takes up half the size of her, her face. Um, her facial features are all smushed together. Um, some people I've read on the internet saying that it is a result of um, uh, child alcohol fetal syndrome, whatever that thing is called. I don't know. I'm not a doctor or whatnot, but uh, there is something very odd about her face. Um, but uh, yeah, I can't help it. I am fixated on the size of that forehead. If there is anybody looking at this screen right now, which is why people who are on um uh who are listening to this on the audio format we love you um but you're really missing the video portion of the podcast you don't see us dancing during drink of the week you don't see the way ron grimaces 
when I start um, using words that don't exist. But this woman's forehead is something of a legend. Um, also, she is the um, uh, meme star. Oh, of without meme. a doubt. Uh, my Instagram feed is literally cluttered with different versions of her um, uh, and uh, uh, some version of fuck the police. I, th I think my favorite, some of my favorite memes I've seen, one was uh, a picture of her and uh, below it a picture of NWA and NWA is saying we didn't mean it literally. Yeah, I like that. That's a good one. Uh, TikTok also been good. Someone put her head on Thomas the train engine um, with the heads of the various police officers in the cars behind her. Um, and then, That's of awesome. course, uh, just a video of her while they played that Don't Fuck Your Coworkers song uh, repeatedly in the background. <laughs> I like the one where um, it showed some protesters holding up a sign um, that said, fuck the police. And on the bottom was her face imposed over superimposed over Michael Jordan's body from the uh, Michael Jordan documentary that came out a couple of years ago with the words underneath <laughs> saying, and I took that personally. I took that personally. Uh, that, that one's my personal favorite. All right, moving on. Pop Warner has concluded an investigation into a coach accused of using a racial slur directed at another team's coach. Uh, last month, the youth, youth football organization announced that they were investigating the incident, which occurred at a hotel on December 3rd following a 12-U quarterfinal game in Orlando between the Hamden, Connecticut Hurricanes and the Highlands Ranch Mountain Lions. Um, an assistant coach for the Mountain Lions was accused of hurling racial profanities towards members of the Hurricanes after a video emerged of an altercation at the hotel. Uh, but the committee investigated the video, Brian. Guess what? The coach did not used the racial slur instead used a different derogatory slur uh, he used the m word regarding to little people uh, the review found that the coach said the other team would have been beat quote by a bunch of fucking m words which apparently oh. now we don't we don't use the uh, the m word when referring to little people anymore monogamous uh yes exactly uh, so even though the coach didn't use uh, an ethnic slur, uh, they still mm -hmm. objected to the slur that was used, and the coach will be suspended for one year. Okay. I can understand that. Can you? Are, 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 are we okay with the use of the word midgets? I don't know. I'm I don't not. know anymore. I believe that that is a derogatory term, and I think that we live in a world where, you know... Um, you know, we don't say derogatory terms about African-Americans. We don't say derogatory terms about uh, members of the transgendered community or um, the, the Oh, community. Janelle is laughing at your uh, use of the word midget. That's see. All right. No, to your point, Brian, this is why right. this is why we can't uh, we can't do that. You know, we have a couple consistent things and, you know, on this podcast, you know, one being that we, we guarantee that you're going to get at least 60 minutes of entertainment. The other is that Janelle's going to laugh at something inappropriate during yeah. the show. And it's it's just not right, you know, not right at all. Um, I'm sure a lot so of people have a question. So if you yeah. saw if you saw a um, a height challenged person approaching you, um, would you use the M, M slur? Well, I don't think I would. I'd use their name probably. Would you point at them and start laughing? I, I'm not like that, Brian. I'm not. I'm not a vicious person. Only when it comes to the title belt am I vicious. 
I'm gonna get that belt, get that belt, get that belt. I'm gonna get that belt. That so belt's gonna be mine. Here's my question to you, because we're we're doing a podcast, which is basically a stationary medium. Um, why did you feel the need to purchase a microphone like you're a stand-up comedian walking the stage? Um because my goal at some point is to be doing um, uh, some other forms of entertainment. Um, you know, if, if you, I, I appreciate that you think that, um, that this microphone is purely going to be used for the podcast. Um, you know, Ron, the, you know, uh, one of the things that people have complained about, about the podcast over the past year um, is that under your stewardship, it has become stagnant, stale, and when I win in three weeks and take on, or is it a full month? It's three weeks, right? Uh, it's no, a, it's, it's a four. month. It's, fa- it's four uh, weeks. Yeah. When I win the Super Bowl bet in four weeks and become the 51% ownership, this podcast is going to expand. It's going to become 4D. And it's going to become... Um, uh, uh, how do I say this? Not stationary. <laughs> this microphone was also $50 cheaper than um, a Blue Yeti. So All right. I figured, and it also, this one is uh, uh, takes up much less space. So I plan on having one microphone. So this way I don't have to keep bringing back microphones um, back and forth between my corporate housing and my um, apartment at home. Makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, Brian, I'm sure a lot of people saw the news today. Uh, the tragic plane crash. I saw the news today. The tragic airplane crash today in Nepal early uh, Sunday morning. Um, it was uh, a 27-minute flight across the country of Nepal. Um, so far, 68 people out of the 72 uh, confirmed dead. Four people still unaccounted for. Uh, but probably the craziest thing, um, and you had to figure this was going to happen eventually, is uh, someone was recording or, I guess, broadcasting a Facebook Live from the plane as it was making its descent to land and actually captured uh, the crash of the plane on their Facebook Live. Um, it's a kind of tough video to watch. Um, they're, they're looking out the window. And again, this is why, warning? what's that? Should we, do a, should we do a trigger warning right now? Because this Possibly. plane is going to crash. We're watching right now this gentleman sitting with his friends. You can see the, it's a small plane. It's not a, uh-oh. No, and then now you hear. Why, why isn't he holding the camera steadier so that we could? Oh, he, now it's just on fire. Right. So um, and the, so they showed on the on the nightly news tonight. They showed a video from a security camera how the plane was coming in and then banked sharply about um 90 degrees to the left before dropping out of uh, camera range so i assume that's when people started screaming and uh, and sounds like crashed almost uh instantaneously mm-hmm. uh, again was uh, was about a mile from the airport at that point um now what i found interesting is you could you know if you if you see if you watch the last couple seconds of that video it's just, you know it's you see a wall of flames yes um, and that which starts to dissipate rather quickly, um, which is which seems to send the message or the implication 
that um, the uh, the jet fuel from that airplane has melted steel beams, which we know we know that that is um, uh, something that would never be able to happen. Um, anyway, uh, still no word yet as to what the uh, the, the cause of the crash was. Um, some videos showed the plane flying at a very low altitude for the uh, the approach that they were doing. Um, so we will wait to hear more information. Brian, your hand looks pretty bad. It's pretty beat up. Would you like to talk about well, why is Can it so see, bruised and yellow? I'll be taking an x-ray of my hand tomorrow. Um, one thing I, so it really does look fucking terrible right now. Holy shit. Yeah, you're right. Okay. So, um, Ron, you can cough if you need, you can sneeze. This is, I did, I did just sneeze. So, um, you know, as many people were asking, um, you can't take me anywhere. You're absolutely correct. You know, um, I tried skiing this week for the very first time in my life. Um, I was with the lady. And um, she uh, wanted me to go ski, and I said I would um, I would only go skiing in in uh, in a very controlled environment. And she said, "Well, of course, you take a class, and you you take a beginner's class." So um, I took a total of three classes. Um, the first one was with was in a with a group of two other people and an instructor. Um, not to be shocked, Ron, I am not a. Um, uh, I, I did not take to it. Right. I was not a natural at skiing. Um, I did not learn any skills during my first class. So I decided the next day, because I'm not a quitter. I know a lot of people think I'm a quitter. I don't think you're a quitter. So the second day I went back and I decided I was going to sign up for a one-on-one -on -one, um, class where um, it was not going to be me watching two other guys pick this um, sport up quickly, um, that they were going to. Um, uh, so I did a one-on-one -on -one class uh, where I, I, I was a little bit better and I was feeling a little bit more confident, which was really just me going straight down, French frying, and then pizza, and then French frying pizza. Right. That literally was all I did on a very almost slight angle. The third day, the, the uh, instructor, once again, I paid for a one-on-one uh, uh, -on -one class. Same instructor as, the, as, as my second class. Um, and this one, he at the end of it, so it was a two-hour class, and with about 20 minutes left, he started to try to teach me how to make a turn so that instead of pizzaing, you could turn so that it would slow your speed down. And unfortunately, with about 15 minutes left in the class, he started to turn. Um, my body continued to go straight further away from him. Right. I tried to pizza, which suddenly, um, because I wasn't doing it very well, and we were on what I felt was more of a, uh, a steeper hill than I was comfortable with, I started to turn wildly to the left to the point where he was no longer in position to be able to stop me from going out of control. Right. So I panicked and I did the one thing they tell you not to do, which is to lean back and um, uh, try to break your fall. They, you know, what they teach you is if you're falling, just fall. Right. Just accept that you're going to fall. Right. Um, what, what did I do? I threw my hand out 
and landed on my right hand. As you mm. can see, it would appear that my right pinky finger, I, I couldn't tell in person, but looking at it on the screen right now, it appears to be very yellow. Yes, it does. Um, and then if you look on the back, you can see just the discoloration of the hand right here. I'll be going for an x-ray tomorrow um, just to, to see that it's not broken. Um, would not be surprised if it is. It um, the, the, the pain is real. Um, I think so, we have uh, I think we have some video of you um, attempting to ski here. Um, let's uh, let's watch this here. I don't know why the graphic says Vinko Bogotaj, but this is you uh, trying to do a jump. Very impressive. Uh, you're looking good. So, oh, and there you go, crashing off to the side. And, oh, and there I, we see you landing on the hand right there. Um, yeah, okay, well. Oof. Oh, just, uh, wow, that's, we have like, uh, what the hell's going on with this YouTube video? <laughs> We've got like Inception going on with our video feed. <laughs> oh, this is crazy. All right, let me. <laughs> well, Brian, I certainly hope it's not broken. I, I, uh, I don't I... think it's broken because I think it would be more pain. I would be, I would not be able to move it. I, I... Like I have a lot more movement in it today, right? Um, but we'll see what it's like. I, though I do think an X-ray would be a good call. Oh yeah, like, without Jesus, a doubt. Look how yellow it is. Yeah, like, like that is fucking freaky. It, it's the the most uh, the most uh, <laughs> good question. If it is broken, will you get a tattoo on that finger? Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Uh, Brian, while you were gone, while you were out of the country, uh, a number of celebrity deaths this week yeah. so many uh we actually had to do uh, a little bit of a slideshow so let's run through who we lost this week uh first up we lost lynette hardaway uh better known as diamond uh from the pro trump duo diamond and silk uh passing away at the age of 51. Uh, mm. Shockingly, no one, and she was sick for a while I, uh, in the end of 2022. So I'm a little surprised that no one put her in the Ron and Brian death pool. Uh, Diabetes? Hard to say. Some people have claimed uh, COVID, no official uh, cause of death uh, released. Right? Just, sh shockingly, no. Shockingly, not uh, not a vaccinated woman. Um, so... Uh, so yeah, so we will we will wait and see if we ever hear exactly why she passed away. But sadly, um, dying again at the age of fifty one. Next up, Brian. I know you were a big fan of this guy. This is TikTok star Waffler sixty nine. He was a viral food eater. Uh, he kind of made his name eating tons of fast food and other bizarre items. Uh, passed away at the age of. 33 um 67 points left on the table by everybody um food influencer whose real name is taylor uh and it's very possible that taylor suffered a heart attack which really? yeah at 33 not uh not good uh I, I you know i think we need to start talking about the long-term effects of the vaccine um, specifically the Pfizer vaccine. I believe I remember um, during the pandemic, Waffler69 promoting that everybody go out and get vaccinated and commenting um, that he had gotten the Pfizer vaccine. 
and you know it's it's and you joke but i mean it is it is there's enough evidence now that we may have to research um and it makes sense that waffler 69 was a pfizer guy he doesn't look like someone that would have taken moderna he also doesn't look like a 33 year old uh, i look at this photo and i i think of somebody who's in his late 40s to early 50s yeah I was also going to say, let's be brutally honest, he looks like a Johnson & Johnson guy. He looked like <laughs> the guy that sat there and was like, wait a second, I can get one shot? Yeah, give me Johnson & Johnson. Uh, well, I can get back and I can order more uh, more spicy chicken tenders from Wendy's? Just give me the one shot and let me get out of here. Yeah, he looks like a Johnson & Johnson guy. Uh, well, that's next, not vaccine shame. Next up, Al Brown uh, from The Wire, a uh, bunch of other shows, passing away at the Frank age of 83. Kabaka. You were you were a huge Wire fan, Brian. Loved I know. Wire, loved him in this character. He was obsessed with um, uh, 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 his middle, uh, uh, literally his middle management um, uh, role. His position was uh, highly threatened by any perceived sense that he was not being respected, and he hated Frank Sabatka. Well, who didn't? I mean, come on. I didn't. I had no problem with Frank right. Sabatka. Next up, Robbie Bachman uh, from the uh, the legendary rock group uh, Bachman Turner Overdrive. Uh, he was the uh, the drummer for BTO, passing away at the uh, at the age of sixty nine. Nice. So again, no one picks. Uh, a lot of people pick musicians. People slept on Robbie Bachman. Uh, was he sick? Uh, not that I'm aware of. Let me see if there is any information on his. I had not uh, heard. So I, I don't know that you can really go, you know come down hard on people for for missing out on him on the death pool if there had been no indications that he was sick. Well, let me see here. Like I, I know I, William Esquire is sitting. He's just sitting on Billy Graham. He uh, he's sitting on uh, yes yeah, superstar Billy Graham. Superstar. Superstar Billy Graham. Is that right? Yeah, superstar Billy Graham, not to be confused with Billy Graham, the uh, reverend. Right, right, right. Uh, also leaving us this week, Robbie Knievel, son of the uh, famous uh, Daredevil, Evil Knievel. Uh, Daredevil himself passing away at the age of 60. I don't think Robbie Knievel ever quite reached the level no. of success or fame that his father did. Well, first off, I mean, his father really was the, um, uh, I want to say a trailblazer in terms of uh, insane stunts. Um, Robbie Knievel definitely felt like he was just riding in his father's um, uh, uh, path of glory. You know, I know that Robbie Knievel did um, uh, successfully um, uh, finish several stunts that his father had been unable to do. But at the end of the day, it really was Evil Knievel that made that that created, um, you know, the the star stuntman. Right. And you he know, uh, Evil Knievel, Evil Knievel was the guy that got um, ABC's Wide World of Sports to give him a half an hour. You know, Robbie Knievel, I don't know what he ever. Um, well, Robbie, uh, Robbie performed over 350 jumps in his career, setting world records for 20 of them. Uh, much like you said, one of his most memorable was successfully jumping the fountains at Caesar's Palace back in 1989, uh, a feat that Evil Knievel tried and failed. Where are the fountains at Caesar's Palace? Because I've been to Caesar's Palace, and I don't think I've ever seen fountains. I believe they're in the, uh, in the parking lot. 
Oh, so you have to go inside. Okay, you have to go in the back of the of the hotel. Uh, yeah. So Robbie passing away at 60 after a battle with pancreatic cancer. Uh, legendary guitar player Jeff Beck also passing away um, at the age of 78. Mm, 22 points. 22 great points. Player. Great, great guitar, guitar player. player. Legendary rock player. Legendary musician. Um, he uh, he was uh, he replaced Eric Clapton in the Yardbirds uh, mm-hmm. back in the '60s. That when he first came on the scene, left a year later to start uh, the Jeff Beck Group, which featured Rod Stewart and Ron Wood. I mean, he was just uh, rock and roll royalty. I think yeah. you would have to say. And it's weird because a lot of people were like, "Who the hell is Jeff Beck?" But I guarantee you, if you were to talk to a number of guitar players that people listened to growing up, mm-hmm. um, Jeff Beck was an influence on a majority of them. Uh, I think it was safe to say, especially amongst musicians and fans of music, Jeff Jeff Beck was considered top-tier guitarist. Yes. Um, ironically, he just recently had been on tour um, uh, uh, late last year with uh, Johnny Depp. They were, they were doing hmm. a theater tour of uh, the United States. Do you feel maybe Johnny's responsible in some way? I have no idea, and I do not think that this is the right public forum to be making those accusations. All right. And then uh, finally this week, uh, Lisa Marie Presley tragically passing away at the age of 54 after suffering cardiac arrest at her home. Uh, She was rushed to the hospital after her housekeeper found her unresponsive. Uh, Her ex-husband, Danny uh, Kiao, was there and performed CPR on her until paramedics arrived and took over. Um, They were able to get a pulse back in the house, uh, but she was transported to the hospital, um, which uh, after which she uh, she passed away. Very sad. Very Very sad. sad. You know, what's sad is the fact that um, uh, if you look at Priscilla Presley, who just just a wonderful woman. Yes. In so many different ways. Um, She has not only lost her her former husband, obviously Elvis, you know, the King Presley, um, but Lisa Marie's son um, passed away already. Um, I believe it was a drug overdose. Do not um, uh, quote me on that. I could be wrong. But now, so she's lost her husband, lost her grandson, and now she's lost her daughter. That is a lot of death. It is. A lot of death for for somebody um, uh, to have to deal with. Very sad. And uh, also sad, no one in in the death pool 2023 has collected any points. Brian, uh, speaking of which, are we able to declare a winner in the 2022 death pool, we had uh, we had the uh, we had the protests, we had the lawsuits. I feel like we've finally gotten all of that straightened out. Well, we did receive the official email from Ernst and Young, the official auditors of the Ron and Brian death uh, death pool, uh, and um, they 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 did declare a winner. Um, Ron, do you want to announce? Uh, uh, who who are who are the winners of the podcast? So um, let me pull up the final totals so I get everything that, correct. While you while you're taking care of that, Ron, I'm going to just remind you that we have already done more of a podcast this week than you did last week, and I want you to understand that that you can hold your head up high. There's absolutely no reason for you to feel shame or to feel less than, not enough, not good enough. Champ, you have something to say, <laughs> Champ? But this time's gotta stop. 
All right. Well, uh, first place in the 2022 Death Pool uh, fan and friend of the podcast, Jocelyn P., coming in with 81 points. Um, obviously, her big one was Aaron Carter uh, getting her 66 points, but she also picked Nichelle Nichols and Queen Elizabeth. Um, so not only did she have the most points, but she also picked the most correct deaths with three. Uh, coming in second place was me with 66 points with Aaron Carter. We tossed that out. So uh, we actually have a tie for second place between Janelle with 37 points and Max M with also 37 points. Janelle got there by picking Olivia Newton-John and Philip Baker Hall, uh, while Max picked Queen Elizabeth, and he was also the only one to pick Ray Liotta. So, uh, the shocking death there. And then coming Who's in... Philip Baker Hall? He was the postman on... Uh, the post uh, postal inspector on... Uh, no, the library inspector on Bookman on, uh, on Seinfeld. She picked that dude? She picked Bookman, yes. Wow, um, interesting. Ma- Max picked, uh, we already talked about Max. Third place, yep. uh, defending champion Andrew H. Coming in third with 18 points. He made the board right at the end of the year with his pick of Pele. So uh, those are our top three. Congratulations to the winners. Brian, will we have this year's champ on the podcast as is tradition? Um, I believe she will be on the show a week from today All right. to discuss her strategy in uh, making her picks and to officially receive her um, uh, her winnings. Um, I believe, if I'm not correct, based on Facebook, that she was recently cited at the happiest place on earth. Disney I believe Island. so. I believe so. Um, so we are also going to hopefully discuss with her what it is um, – uh, what it is to be an adult um, visiting Disney World, because we've we've recently, um, you know, had a lot of articles. Um, people last uh, two weeks ago, I think we had a one hundred and eighty dollars shot of brandy um, and also people that were going into debt so they could go to Disney World. All good questions. All good questions. Uh, Brian. Also, while you were away out of the country, were you aware um, that uh, Boston uh, released a uh, a new ten million dollar sculpture of uh, Coretta Scott King and her civil rights leader husband Martin Luther King. Have you seen it yet, Boston? That was, but have you seen the the artwork yet? I, you know, I've heard that there was some controversy, but I do not. Um, I did not follow. So this what is. This is a a massive bronze art piece called Mm -hmm. The Embrace. Uh, It features two sets of arms holding each other. Uh, It is an artistic interpretation of the classic photo of Coretta and Martin Luther King Jr. hugging after he won the uh, Nobel Peace Prize um, in 1964. However, uh, some of Coretta's family Feels that doesn't look good, and her cousin said, "quote It looks like a penis." And what is that thing? Yeah, what's that? What is that supposed to be? They're supposed to be arms, um, but I could see the arms coming up vertically. (laughs) I don't understand that horizontal um, uh, uh, eel that's 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 on top. Yeah, 
Um, Coretta's cousin, Seneca Scott, said, quote, but when it came out, a little boy pointed out, that's a penis. And everybody was like, yo, that's a big old dong, man. I love the New York Post. Uh, <laughs> I just that's a big old dong. That's a I, big I old dong. Imagine, I can only imagine what Black Twitter did with this. It, it, I can't even. But the fact they also... So look at that. And again, there's a person standing in front of it. So let's say that person is, let's say, six feet. So this is probably an 18 foot high, uh, 10 or 12 foot wide sculpture. $10 million, Unbelievable. Brian. Unbelievable. Wow. Um, apparently, Martin Luther King III approved the piece. Um, it was uh, the funding was a result of a public-private fundraising partnership, uh, but it's unclear how much uh, public money may have gone into the sculpture. So if you look at it from like the front, from the front angle, it it really does look like two arms hugging. You look at it from this angle, and yes, it's a big old dong. Looks like a big old dong. It looks terrible. According to Janelle, the big old dong was in Boogie Nights, too. I was not aware that this sculpture was in Boogie Nights, but I'm willing to take her word on it, Brian. Well, I think, you know, Janelle is, um, you know, uh, she is an expert on all things uh, EB related as well as um, Black Dong related. Let's see. Do we have anything else we'd like to cover before we, uh, we get ready to move on over uh, to are after dark no i think we're good all right well again as we like to remind everybody around this time that if you go to ron and brian podcast.com uh click in the upper right hand corner to become a patron join at the bronze level or higher that's just ten dollars a month or more you can join us live after dark 9 30 after the main show um and sure. then once a month we do our pajama party where we allow all of our patreon subscribers bronze level or higher to uh to come on with us uh there are additional perks that mm -hmm. come with certain levels that we may throw out there from time to time for example uh brian gave his very special nfl lock of the week to our titanium mm -hmm. level subscribers he and again kudos to you for continuing to be consistent with this you picked the giants over the vikings you told the listeners you were like you know what don't take the points giants are winning this game straight up tweak yep. the line take take the money line take the giants to win take the over and uh people cashed in i mean i think with the kind of money you probably could have bought you probably could have bought a bunch of dried spanish ham with the uh, with the money that you want off of this or some people could have bought some dried spanish ham and snuck it in their suitcase nope Oh, very nice. Very nice. Uh, so, well, welcome back, Brian. Uh, as I said last Thank week, you, it's, it's, you know, it's great seeing you. I, I did the podcast. It wasn't quite the same uh, doing it without you. I, I don't want to have to go through that again. So I'm glad you are back. I hope you feel the love and the welcoming from everybody having you back here. It's great to be back in America. And one thing I would like to tell people is that, um, you know, when you live in America, you, 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 you are living in the greatest country in, in on this planet. And go ahead. I'm going to give you some background music. 
Okay. Um, and I think it's really important that Americans who, who do have the disposable income uh, travel outside the country, see how other people on this globe live. Um, you know, let them experience what it is like to see an American, to interact with, how, with, 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 a, with a good American. Um, and I think it's just when it's important it that you, you get outside of your little world in um, suburban Philadelphia and you see, um, you know, how the Catalans live and how the Basques are. And you, you get up there at 1,800 meters in the, um, in the Pyrenees Mountains. Ron, have you ever been free? I have not. I am a and um, and be able to look out and know that France is on the other, you know, um, side of that ridge, and to be able to experience other people's cultures and their foods. Um, tonight on stop. Well, I think the people have spoken, Brian. Uh, but yes, uh, you have a, a point of some sort. We're back. Good to All be right. Back, Ron. Good to be back. Good to have you back. Uh, Patreon folks, we will see you in about 20 minutes. Uh, everyone else, we will catch you next week. Thank you for joining us on the Ron and Brian podcast. We're live each week on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. You can find prior episodes, links to our social media, and everything else Ron and Brian at ronandbrianpodcast.com. See you again next week.